Craft Beer Radio, episode 172, on January 31st, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where for us, it's still technically October. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Baird. Tonight we're doing Oktoberfests. Uh, the date of recording is October 30th. So we're going we're gonna to stick by that. Yes, we know Oktoberfest is in September. <laughs> Don't get pedantic on us. Yes. We're busy having babies and stuff. <laughs> well, Jeff's having babies. And Greg's and stuff. Well, See? I, so. I'm, I'm basically fixing my car. Hey, and you my, just lost your car, yeah, right? My car is a junker. It went from a beater to a junker. It's a fun story. Oh, this is, I didn't want to do this one first. Oh, well. But you did. It's, it's probably a good idea to do it first because it's yeah. kind of a weird one. This uh, is the first one we're doing is actually uh, a Weiss beer, Erdinger's Oktoberfest. Uh, and so they only do wheat beers. They're a wheat brewery. And this is a wheat Oktoberfest. Jeff is pouring in some foam to me. I think he's trying to pour some of the yeast back, but getting mostly foam. There, you're a little cloudy now. All right. So it's not uh, a Dunkelweiss. It's not a uh, dark wheat beer. It's, you know, just your standard light wheat beer. Jeff mixed in some of the uh, uh, yeast. About half the beer, and then I swirled it up to get yeast roused, and then I tried to distribute it in the glasses. So it's certainly cloudy, cloudy, kind of straw color, straw orange-ish. Lots of nice uh, bubbles coming up. And it's very, very interesting that they put out an Oktoberfest branded beer, and it's still a wheat beer. We'll have to see if this tastes any different than what we're used to in uh, wheat beers. I bought these beers for work for our monthly style six-pack exchange. So we did Oktoberfests back in September. And I'm like, the beer distributor I went to, I didn't order ahead to get Oktoberfests because they'll all be on the shelves. So I go to the beer distributor. They had almost no German Oktoberfest beers. Uh, we'll be doing the Kostritzer in a little bit. And they had the Erdinger. And, like, that was it. And I'm like, Erdinger makes an Oktoberfest. That's interesting. I thought they were a wheat beer brewery. And they are. Well, I was right on my first hunch, I guess. So this is, you know, the, the head was also very large. It's it's going down some, too. But it was four fingers, five fingers. It was a nice big head. Getting a, a banana... Um, maybe a little bit, you know, like, uh, Bazooka Joe chewing gum. Okay. And getting the bubble gum type aroma. I'm not really getting much more than, than, than wheat and a little bit of malt, but, uh. You're not getting the, bubble, the Bazooka Joe at my, all? My nose may be a little bit off today. Okay. Yeah, like, behind the CO2. It's very zingy on my nose, but once I got behind the CO2, it just has that sugary, sweet bubble gum type aroma. Yeah, I can sort of smell it now. One of my nostrils is kind of like not working. <laughs> it's not cool. stuffed. It's just like it's on vacation. Yeah, it's it's not going not going places today. It is a little more lagery than you would think for a wheat beer, right? It's hard to tell. I mean, I like to try this side by side with a regular one. Yeah, and especially a Nerdinger and Nerdinger, yeah. not just what we think of the classic wheat beer would taste like. It, it the, the mouth feels a little bit. 
it's it's a little it's less full, a little more chewy, I guess you could say. Uh, it's it's got um it's got some of that bubble gum that Jeff was talking about. That was the first taste I got, but then it kind of goes into a more somewhat of a, of a multi character, uh, a little bit more malt than you would typically expect out of a weepier, I think. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just you know attaching things to it. I don't know. I'm tasting it sort of at, at the end. I I definitely taste something kind of um, reminiscent of, of a dark malt. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that where you said earlier, you know, this is an Oktoberfest style, be- an Oktoberfest beer, but it's not a Dunkelweizen. We're drinking this. It tastes darker than it looks. Yeah. It tastes like there's something going on there to give it a little more fullness, a little more ro- roasty is not the right word, a little more toffee or caramel. Right. But it's still a wheat beer, right? So it's not like we're drinking a toffee bomb type beer. It's just just a hint. Yeah, this is no stout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they don't have anything on their website about the Erdinger Oktoberfest. Yeah, the best I could find is um, a beer advocate with a bottle that's not the same bottle as one, and it says 5.6% alcohol by volume. Reasonable guess, I suppose. I would probably guess somewhere around 5.5, 5.6. That would be pretty much... Five point five five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, we didn't find it. We didn't find anything on the website, but I did find something very interesting. Erdinger makes a non-alcoholic sports and fitness drink. Right. I wonder if that's like a babblefish translation or something like that. Uh, whether at work, before driving, or after sports, there are certain occasions where it's wiser to avoid alcohol. You know, a non-alcoholic wheat beer might not suck. Well, I mean, I'd really like to try it. There is one type of non-alcoholic beer which you know I don't drink a lot, but I do enjoy root beer. So I can see how a wheat beer, mm, okay, could work. Interesting. I haven't tried the full, you know, a large spectrum of non-alcoholic beers, but most of them are made by companies that make crappy beers, so they're hardly worth trying. Uh, you can get that Caliber, which is made by Guinness. Never tried that. I guess I didn't also consider ginger ale. I suppose that would be an ale. <laughs> well, yes, but they're heavily sugared. They're yeah. made with roots, right? They're getting flavors from roots, so they're not really malted Grand. beverages. So I wouldn't really call them non-alcoholic beer-type things. You have a point, sir. I mean, they're... They're gruets, I suppose. They're closer to a tea, you know, than a beer because you're steeping some kind of some part of the plant and not not doing any kind of starch sugar extraction or anything really so I don't know you might add some barley to a root beer right if you're doing a hard root beer barley malt in a root beer I haven't considered it but I suppose it's possible that takes me back to my um, I wanted to do hop ice cream right instead of sugar I was going to use barley malt as, as some of the fermentables I still got to get around to that <laughs> an ice cream maker i would have done it by now but i thought an ice cream maker i'm not sure i'll be successful making ice cream all you gotta get is some liquid nitrogen that's all you need for liquid nitrogen (laughs) in a bowl that's all you need yeah that's all i need so practical (laughs) actually my dad can get pick up liquid nitrogen just in the store (laughs) yeah my dad my dad can get it he's used it he works on heavy equipment and he's used it to um shrink pins these huge ass you know like think of a pin that's three inches in diameter to, to freeze that down so he can get it into the machine. So he uses it to contract pins. He's used it before. You can get it. It's not, from what I understand, it's not that hard to get. 
you don't have to like jump through hoops. It's not like you're getting some sort of explosive. You're getting something that's it's slightly controlled. They won't give it to anyone. I'd at least give them your contact information. Yeah, I think so. show them your driver's license. Right, something. Yeah, I'm sure you have to prove you're you're 18 or something. Like that. Yeah, but I mean, if you just say I want it for cooking applications, it, there's plenty of cooking applications that use liquid nitrogen. Right. I want to use it to break stuff. <laughs> I'm looking to freeze bodies and break them. Okay. <laughs> a little too dark. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one go. I don't want to be the body you're freezing. What's next? Uh, Stouts? Stouts Brewery in Adamstown, Pennsylvania. One of the um, few uh, women-run breweries. I mean, there's more and more, but, I mean, she did it back yeah, in the day. Yeah. She is, like, one of the pioneers, if not the pioneer, of a, a woman craft brewer. Carol Stout. And uh, this is their Oktoberfest, 5% alcohol by volume, 26 IBUs, with uh, lager yeast and Pearl and Hillertau bittering hops and Zotz and Hillertau aroma hops, Churro and Munich malts. So the uh, the glasses we're drinking from tonight, I don't have any glasses that scream Oktoberfest. If I had a couple more Becker glasses, those are those typically you think of when you see German style beers. They right. come out of a slant and they have a little tilt in it towards the top. But I only have one of those. So we're using our, our Sam Adams scientifically formulated to make beer taste good glasses. Right. And these for lagers, right? So this is, since these are lagers, yeah, pretty with the exception of the wheat beer, which you know you can argue. This is Stout's Oktoberfest. It has a, you know, it, it, it's almost invisible against the blue <laughs> of the background. You shouldn't use a blue laptop screen yeah. to, uh, <laughs> ca- to calibrate your beer. Um, it's a little bit lighter than what you think of for Oktoberfest. It's kind of a golden orange color, almost almost yellow, where, you know, most Oktoberfests are, you know, almost brown. Very clear, obviously filtered. Small head uh, with relatively big bubbles in there. So on the aroma here, it, it's your bready, white bread crust type aroma. You got that uh, Munich or Vienna malts in there that's giving it the very bready, slightly, slightly. I need. To, I want to find. A, I want to improve my vocabulary here. Because caramel doesn't fit. Slightly caramelized, right? You know, there's some heat applied to it. It's giving some roast, some more melanoidins, I guess, in there. But caramel could be a misleading term. So I want to find something that's succinct and short and easy to say, but not caramel. Okay. That... Maybe we can discuss that on the post show because I don't know. If it's the right, right time we to probably waste that. a lot of time yeah. trying to come up with that. But hmm. that's so, that's something I want to find a vocabulary word for. Is is that? Well, think about different types of sugar. I mean, like, what about? Uh, um, have you tried the the, the pure like, cane sugar that you get in like the cones? Uh, and have you tried some more like you know rock candy sugar and and uh, lollipop esque kind of sugar? So you kind of go through that. Right. right, rain of sugar. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's tough. I mean, maybe a lighter molasses or something like that. You know, not the not the black strap, not the really dark stuff, but like yeah. a, a molasses that looks more like maple syrup. That kind of darkness. Maybe you get in some of that. Where and kind of isolating the uh, 
the dark part and not the, just the, the sweet part of, of the molasses. It's hard to say. I, I still think white bread crust really ties it in tight, but it's a little more richer than that. And, you know, everyone talks about Wonder Bread being, you know, the worst bread ever, right? But so I hate to say that, you know, good crafted Well, there's, beer, there's better white bread than Wonder well, Bread. Well, right. What I'm saying is I've been using white bread crust a lot and I feel it's kind of a, a, a derogatory term because that's not a flavorful thing. So I wanted to find something more accurate or better for that similar flavor. I don't know. We can move on. We talk okay. about this in the post show. It smells really nice. Um, not hoppy so much. You know, Oktoberfest, so harvest beers. Um, so the, the malt harvest, the hop harvest. Oktoberfest are typically a little bit hoppier than other beers, but this one, my nose is a little stuffed up tonight too, but it's just smelling really malty. Oh, that's yummy. It's a pretty bright flavor. Um, there's the hot, you know, pretty strong hop flavor here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a good bitterness that tails off the end of the taste. Oh, that's good. Definitely a European. I mean, you know, I told you the hops, Pearl, Hiller, mm-hmm. Tauzatz, uh, you know, very grassy, mm-hmm. um, kind of pungent hops. Jeff is really enjoying this one. I am this liking this a lot. There's a lot going on in the flavor. It starts out, you get that Munich malt, or, you know, the German malt. You get good bready flavor. See, again, I want to find a better word here. That that bread slash caramel, but not sweet flavor. And then you get the the bittering and a slight bit of hop flavor, too. And the, the bittering tails it off, but it's not obscenely bitter. It's a great balance. It's a it's a teeter totter. It's a sweet bitter, sweet bitter, where they 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 complement each other. They don't they don't cancel each other out. They don't fight. They're kind of complementing each other. It's a little bit more to me. I get the bitter kind of first and um, jumps up there. And the first thing I was tasting when I just you know had one sip was pretty much bitter all the way. Now, as I'm getting more, the the malt is is fighting back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fighting a war of attrition against the bitterness, <laughs> and it's starting to you know it's starting to, to win. It's starting to to, uh, to overcome it, which is is nice. It's a it's an interesting flavor that evolves, and I like that. Very it finishes pretty dry on your palate. Doesn't leave much aftertaste. Nice and clean. A little bit of aftertaste, but not a ton. And uh, this is good by itself, but you know, I'm I want some pork and sauerkraut right now. I want a broth. I want I want I want some I want some pretzels. Custard, sir? Sure. I just finished that stout's. Oh, that's that's angels singing in my ears. I really like that beer. Custard,zer is. Uh, the only other beer I have from them, and I believe it's their flagship, is their Schwarzbier. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're you know, where Erdinger is a wheat beer brewery. Kostritzer is known for their Schwarzbier, and this is not a Schwarzbier. I mean, it's strawish color. It's got. Uh, Are these glasses because they're narrow at the bottom? 
affecting the color that we see because all these beers have been lighter than what I picture when I picture Oktoberfest so far. Maybe it's just because the glasses are narrower than your normal, you know, pint glass, your your shaker pint. Your, um, I guess so. I mean, because you have less. The, yeah. There's less stuff to go. There's there's less because uh, I mean this one's material. another golden. This one's actually slightly cloudy. This one isn't crystal clear like the um, the stouts was. Let's see. No, there's no discernible yeast ring at the bottom of the bottle, but it's not. It's not crystal clear. I mean, up here it's about as wide as it is in a regular glass, and it doesn't appear to be that much darker. Yeah, yeah, Grace saying that much darker than it does down in the narrow part. It's a little bit, but I mean, this beer again. This beer is uh, a golden orange. Um, doesn't look like the the darker tones that I'm used to for an Oktoberfest. I have no information on this beer whatsoever. Not even alcohol. Question mark. Question mark. You, you know what uh, the beer advocates think of it, though. Yes, the beer advocates like it. They call it a B. Which is pretty darn good for a lager-style beer. <laughs> on, on beer I, I think they tend to up Oktoberfests more. Oh, because they're hard to get. Right. Limited. I like the aroma on this one. I, it's very different from the last one. And I'm frantically trying to come up with a reason why. Taste and I think you'll figure out why. It's very different. It's really almost kind of creamy. It is texture and, and creamy flavor. is a great word. I'm like I'm like I'm throwing it through all these absurd adjectives <laughs> that aren't as good as creamy. I'm like puffy, cloudy, you know. Like I'm thinking clouds and you know foggy. So the it's kind of the mouthfeel you get when you get a lot of yeast in a beer or something. Right. And the beer is cloudy. It has a very smooth, velvety mouthfeel. The aroma on it is, um, go back to that thing I was trying to figure out, it's generally a malty, bready, sweet aroma, but it's not It's not that white bread crust at all. It's it, there's, there's a hint of more like brown sugar in there. Toast. Toast? Okay. But like a a rustic toast, you know. I I wouldn't no? even say rustic. I would say plain old. Just put put plain old regular white bread in a toaster, and <laughs> smell the you know, and just get it you know lightly toasted. See, I'm getting something more along the lines more along the lines of cinnamon raisin toast or something like that. Wow, that's that that's not what I'm getting at all. But again, your nose is is stronger than mine today. See, I'm, I'm definitely giving something sweeter than what I think of when I think of white bread toast. That's why I threw out rustic out there. Maybe it's a French bread or an Italian, something with a little more um, texture, a little more sweetness, and a little more yeastiness in the bread. Maybe um, I'm just reading some of the comments here on Beer Advocate and... Uh just trying to see if they come up with any words, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them says slightly caramelized or honey overtones. Hmm. Honey in the flavor, in the in the aroma. Well, okay, but no, I'm pulling that his. I'm I'm plagiarizing. I'm stealing his honey description and saying that that is definitely 
something that's in the flavor. Anytime we talk about honey in a beer, honey flavor in a beer, I think we need to say whether it tastes like honey, honey, fresh, sweet, delicious honey, or honey <laughs> fermented, which is very different, right? And I'm saying this is not like fermented honey. This is like honey, honey, where it has that sweet clover or something type character to it. I'll say agave just to be different. Okay. Agave <laughs> nectar. Uh, another one that they're coming up is nutty. Nutty and bready are kind of, they kind of cross-pollinate. A little minty, even somebody says? I don't know about that. I, I, I place with them with the honey to me. You know, minty and honey are, especially when you start fermenting honey. But like I said, I didn't taste that part of it. I like this a lot, too. This one's tasty. It, it's a, there's a lot there to savor, to to really ponder. I feel like I, I the, like the texture too. I really enjoy yes. the um you know, the, the the sort of creaminess. I think mm-hmm. it goes well it goes really well with the with the taste and the flavor that I'm getting and it gives it a nice drinkability. It doesn't kind of feel like it's kind of blowing you up like a big mm-hmm. like a big balloon. Right. I agree with everything you said except for the blowing you up like a big balloon. This one seems very filling to me. It seems like it's way it's settling in my stomach and, and you know making an impression there. So I agree with everything about how the texture is great, but it does seem quite filling. Could you imagine going back to a time where, for me, I didn't like Oktoberfests? Yes, I can imagine it. I mean, but I I'm, I'm loving these so much tonight. I'm like, it's hard for me to think of a time where I didn't like the style of beer. They all taste like chewing on t- in an aluminum foil, you know? It's it's crazy. Because <laughs> this is, I'm like, I'm happy as a clam right now. I'm loving this, tasting these beers. And, you know, six, seven years ago, maybe not even that long, six years ago, Half these beers would taste like I'm chewing on tin foil. Chewing on tin foil hurts. <laughs> it's not just. I mean, that's bad. That's like razor blades. <laughs> I never came across it as that bad. I'm not talking about cut your gums up. I'm just talking about that metally taste, that very tinny, irony, metally taste, bloody taste. Well, I think these have all been good Oktoberfest too, in that. Contributes to it. I mean, if you had uh, a lazy Oktoberfest, I don't think it would taste very good. I don't think that the one we had in the pre-show was was very good. For example, the one we had the uh, Church Brewers Oktoberfest in the pre-show from a growler with the standard Church Brewers growler cap, which is the worst cap ever, flat as hell. Mm-hmm. I had some from a mini keg last weekend because they do the little five liter mini kegs. Stuff was really good. Probably not as good as a couple of the ones we've had tonight, but it was really good. Don't write them off is all I'm saying. All right. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. This is... It's an Oktoberfest from Samuel Adams. (laughs) This is an August to October seasonal from Sam Adams. This is a brewed with a lager yeast, Tetnang, Tetnanger, and Hillertau Middlefro Noble Hops. Two Row Harrington and Metcalf Palm Pale Malts, Munich Ten, Moravian and Caramel Sixty. 
So there's definitely going to be, a, you can see it definitely darker. You know what would be fun? It would be, you know, I can't do it tonight. Do this in the Boston Lager side by side. Because it's an Oktoberfest at Vienna Lager. Very similar. It's an Argent versus Vienna. That'd be, it, it, yeah. It'd be awesome to see what subtle differences are between the two beers. So for those of you who love the data, 13.6 degrees Play-Doh, 5.3% alcohol by volume, 4.1% alcohol by weight, if you're curious. <laughs> and this is another one, 183 calories in a 12-ounce bottle. Are you ABW curious? Do if you are. <laughs> I just think it's funny that, you know, alcohol by weight, whoever really pays attention to that. I, I believe... That. I mean, that that's for... Some states and some federal rules are still enforced by weight. But for the most part, what you pay attention to when you're thinking about a beer is alcohol by volume. By weight mm-hmm. is for, like, rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah. So this one's a little more sharp on the nose. Maybe it's some of the noble hops that are coming through. It's definitely not that bready. It's not yeah. caramelly at all. It's a little more zingy. Zingy is not the word I want to use. A little more um, words. A little more words. It's got a sharpness to it. And I think some of that is the same kind of sharpness that you detect from CO2. Um, And some is there's definitely a, a, a sharp, noble bit in there, too. Yeah, it's definitely the sharp, noble bit. I did a little swirl. I breathed a lot, so my nose could kind of either mute out some of the flavors it was picking up on first, and I could pick up some secondary aromas, or I just convinced myself that I was smelling something. But I got a little of that, you know, like toffee. So it's that darker, um, harder sugar. So toffee aromas coming off this one, but the other ones weren't anywhere near that. The other ones were brown, you know, white bread crust where. We've gone a couple stages darker into the toffee on this one. I mean, I didn't have the grain bills for anyone with the stouts, but this one, you know, has the pale malt Munich, and then it has the caramel 60, mm-hmm. and that's going to add a lot of color and, and, and malt to Yeah, it. I mean, it all depends on promotion, proportions, because caramel 60 is not a hugely dark malt. You know, it's not like you're using a 90 or one. But it's not like you're using Harrington. Well, right, right, absolutely. It's, you know, a lot of Oktoberfest beers don't use caramel malts they like to use the german ones because they give that more bready flavor right and speaking of flavor i think it's well overdue that we taste this beer let's do it let's taste this beer on the beer podcast first time for everything man hmm that's interesting it it definitely has that noble character that i'm gonna say it noble twang to it it reminds me Tom, on the pre-show, I had a Duquesne beer earlier today, <laughs> Prince Pilsner. It has a very similar character to Duquesne beer. And I, just just to fill people in really quickly, I've had scathing reviews online about Duquesne beer. Long lines of taste like a mouthful of pennies. And I liked it. I mean, I well, liked it might give it the wrong impression. I didn't think it was horrible. It was okay. And... Uh, I don't know. The noble character of this beer is reminding me a lot of it. Give me one second here. I like the the deepness of the flavor. I mean, I I, I like a multi Oktoberfest. I 
like lagers that are pretty malty in general. And but I can I can see where that nobleness that you're, mm. that you're saying is coming from. This one by far is the is the hoppy the hoppy the right word. This one has the most influence from the hopping because it's a lot of bitterness too. Um, I thought you know you'd expect stouts maybe, and we'll have to see what the Brooklyn's like next. But you'd expect the American ones to be a lot more hoppy. And same Adams. I, I'm drawing horrible stereotypes. I expect Sam Adams to not be on the hoppiest Oktoberfest that we have tonight. And it's head and shoulders hoppier than the other it ones. It is pretty so hoppy, but it's also very malty to compensate, mm-hmm. too. And I like that about Sam Adams. I mean, one of my favorite Sam Adams Oktoberfest, because they, they changed, I think they really do change it every year, because I did notice, I believe it was 2000, uh, 2006 when it was just this malt bomb. And it was awesome, and the next year was like less, and it just oh, did, yeah? it didn't it didn't do it for me the same way. It's interesting. I'm always so skeptical going back four years, you know, because that fondness of memory. You know, every beer you had four years ago I remember. Is than I, I remember very specifically, and I'm I'm trying to remember exactly what year it was. Whether it might have been just 2008 or 2007, but it was only a couple of years ago. And I remember the the year after it was not nearly as good. And I had like a couple both years to to really compare. Okay. So I really do. Th- so they're definitely changing every year. I think they're coming back to a more malty one this time. And the, yeah, the same. You have a problem with you know any beer that's not strictly super controlled like a Budweiser, you're going to have variations on it. There's going to Every, be The hops are always have different concentrations of right. alphas and things like that in it, for sure. That's part of what makes beer tasting fun, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we've had a lot of breweries, not a lot, we've had several breweries, which were, we thought were crappy breweries, and we tried them in a year later, two years later, and they've got their act together and are making fantastic beers. I never write off a brewery and you know, you know, I had um, a beer the other night from uh, Line and Kugels. You can still tell it was a Line and Kugels beer, but it's a lot better than I expected it to be. So, so keep trying beers. Yeah, you, you'll be surprised sometimes. Sometimes you won't be surprised, but lately, I think we talked about this before. I don't know in what order the podcast have been in. We talked about this before. It's hard, harder. To find a bad beer. Actually, I, I I deemed that it was a really long podcast. I deemed it a rat hole, so I cut that out from oh, 68. Really? Yeah. I, I I took a executive privilege and and, I uh, see. and edited that conversation out. Well, because it didn't really, it wasn't very concise. It was kind of rambling, so I kind of well, we can do it concise here, and you can leave it in. It's harder to find a bad beer. Yes. Uh, beers are getting people are getting better at brewing. There's more action in the brewing world. There's more. Talk between brewers, and there's I, 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 that's part of it. And I'm wondering how much of it is us, right? Because we talked about in, was it the pre-show or was it earlier in the main show? How you know we just are more accepting of more beers now. Is right. because the beers are better. Is because our palates just can accept any style of beer, even American premium lager, for what it's supposed to be. There could be that too, but I, I mean, like. We talked about how certain companies, our big example has always been Weyerbacher, but uh, another one, um, Saranac, Saranac, you know, where we didn't like them, and then we tried them later, and it was like, wow, <laughs> they really make good stuff. So, yeah, uh, 
the concise version is try something if you haven't had it in a while. Uh, give it a shot. I'm not saying go and you know go down a chorus light. I'm saying maybe check out the Sam Adams Oktoberfest or maybe check out a line in Kugels or something like that. You may be surprised by what you get. Yeah. Then it didn't surprise me so much, but it was check still, out. I can still drink uh, if, a pint. There's now. a local, oh yeah. There's a local beer that you used to have that you know was kind of like iffy. Give it a shot. I mean, it's Yingling is not going to improve, but Saranac did. Yingling's not going to change, but you know that's why I'm curious because I had some Yingling not too long ago. I forget the reason. It was kind of I was out of someone's house and they had it. It, it wasn't the fingernails on a chalkboard mouthful of pennies that I remember it being. I could drink it. You know, it wasn't my favorite, but it was okay. So, you know. You know, stuff. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> All right, so our final Oktoberfest of the night is the Brooklyn Brewery's Oktoberfest. is malted with Bavarian Heirloom Munich and Pilsner malts. Malted specially for us in Bamberg, they say. Us, not not us two. Right. For for Brooklyn Brewery. For Brooklyn Brewery. No, it's, it, actually, this, this beer was prepared just for our show. See, this is the color that I expected all the beers to be. Look at that one. It's a tea color. It's, uh, it's more brown than golden. Right. Yeah, this is sort of the classic Oktoberfest color that you'd Mm -hmm. expect. Uh, Hopped with Hillertau Pearl and Hillertau Middlefre. 5.5% alcohol by volume, original gravity 14.2 degrees Play-Doh. 1055 is the... So this beer smells different from all the other beers, but this smells really good. We got... A lot of, of toffee, a lot of that roast, but it, it's a lot sweeter than the uh, Sam Adams was. Really, really engaging. It's really, it's really this I can smell. In. I mean, you know, my nose was like, you know, crushed, and this mm-hmm. is definitely very volatile because I can smell it big time. I mean, this is, I don't know why I keep thinking it. It's not so much roasty. Maybe there's a hint of it, and that's why I'm pulling that way, but it reminds me of. Something as aromatic as barley wine, old ale, porter. You know, porter's kind of scaring me because it's not roasty and chocolatey and burnt. Right. But it reminds me of like old ale or porter or something like that. Yeah, it has a really strong, I mean, a strong malty aroma on it. It's very different from any all the other beers mm-hmm. we've had. It's got a really, it's got a very uh, aggressive carbonation, and a strong kind of malt hit at first, mm-hmm. and then it sort of backs off, and it leaves a little bit of a of a hoppy uh, kind of wave over a malty beach. What's the alcohol on this one? Five point five. It it seems really high, much higher to me for some reason. Maybe because it's the fifth beer of the night. I don't know, but it seems this is higher. one that would be hard. I mean, I'm not saying that any of them would would be easy. This would be hard blindfolded. Oh, figuring out what it's supposed to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because... I wouldn't think lager right off the bat. I wouldn't have guessed anywhere in the lager area. That would be hard. Classifying, not knowing what it was. I, I'm trying to trying to figure out where I would put it. See, I might go like Porter even. That's what I was saying earlier, but I was so yeah. scared to say it, you know? I mean, j- just tasting it. I mean, looking at it right here and tasting it, I'm just thinking what I would think if, if, if I was blindfolded, and I'd probably say kind of porterish. It's got a very full flavor. Uh, it does not have a, a it does not have really a hint of noble twang at all. It it sort of tastes kind of alish. Mhm. That's I, I'm fascinated cuz I thought that was just a a bad sector of memory in my head, you know, corruption where I'm like <laughs> equating this thing to porter and uh you pull it out too. So that's awesome cuz but it's not roasty. It, mm-hmm. It's something else. It's some intangible the porters have that this beer has. Right. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it, I, th- I think it's a combination of the body of the beer mm-hmm. and, and the maltiness. You know, that body and texture of the beer, yes, are very porter-like. It has that texture that gives it darkness beyond its color. Right. It just feels weighty. You know, it mm-hmm. feels like it has... It feels massive in a sense. It's pretty good. It feels like a big beer to me tonight. It feels like it's like a imperial October. It feels like it's seven eight percent. It does feel a little bit stronger than it is. I agree, and I think that's because of the 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 weightiness of it mm-hmm. because it has so much of this you know this feel to the, it. The uh, the sweetness the 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 mass the mass of this beer is building on my tongue. Not to mention the aggressive carbonation, which I think adds to the alcohol absorption. Okay. The, I, w- I was getting, I was trying to get to the point where this is not as drinkable as many of the other beers we had tonight. This one requires, um, this would pair great with food. It's a very robust flavor that would go with robust flavors in food. But by itself, it's, it's starting to overwhelm me a little bit. I like it. I really do like it a lot. I think it's, uh, I like it a lot too. I'm just nitpicking when I say it's starting to overwhelm me. It's not gross by itself, but compared to some of the other beers, I, not sure I would drink th- two or three of these. It's definitely a, yeah. It's it. This is one where you said you know, you said the 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 Kostreitzer was filling you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. This one this is was filling. Yeah, this <laughs> filling. This one feels like it's blowing me up like a balloon. Uh, yeah. This one, yeah. You couldn't have more than a couple of these because you'd be like. Bleh. It's a big. It's a. It's a formidable. Yes. Beer. It has presence. Okay. Time to rank. It's ranking time. All right. I'm good. All right. Why don't you go first then? I got the top end. The bottom end. I don't know who I want to um, give the uh, last spot to. HLL. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard luck because I mean they're all decent, and I don't want to castigate anyone as being the last place beer. Uh, Stout's Oktoberfest is my favorite beer of the night. I thought it was crazy drinkable, great balance. That teeter totter I mentioned. Oh, I just I can't. I, I liked it so much in the style that I'm having a hard time saying why. It just it really hit me great tonight. Kostritzer, 
And then I put number two. Almost as good. It it was just nice balance, not too formidable. Good beer. I'm going to put the Erdinger, the, the Wheat Oktoberfest, a third. Um, it was fascinating because it had more body, more substance than your normal wheat beer. But it didn't wasn't darker like a Dunkelweiss or anything. And uh, so the last two, we got the Sam Adams, we got the Brooklyn. Which one did I like better? So what I didn't like is the the bitterness of the Sam Adams was a little bit rough. And of the Brooklyn... <laughs> as Jeff takes a sip. As I, as I reevaluate. It's just that it feels like a huge beer that is... I'm almost starting to pull in the is it worth your sobriety thing? Even though it's not a high alcohol beer, it just it has a is it worth your palate deterioration thing, right? Because <laughs> you, you got all those sugars that's, that's, in there. That is a punching that, your palate uh, like a speed bag. That is it's a like, rough guy. I would say that worth your sobriety is interesting. I don't believe in worth your palate. Because yeah. then you could say, well, then you can have a stone arrogant bastard and that's it for the night. Because <laughs> Right. Right. But I mean, sobriety is not accurate here either because it's only five point four. Right, so I, I don't five point five. So I don't recognize your worth your sobriety. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I'm gonna put the same Adams gut feeling. The same Adams was more drinkable than the the Brooklyn. It could Brooklyn might have suffered from the being last and me being at the edge of my Oktoberfest tolerance. I don't know, but uh. I'm pretty happy with the shit I turned out picked out some pretty good beers. Alright, so my view is different. And wrong. It's wrong because it's right. It's so wrong it's right. It's so right it's wrong, you mean. I'm getting confused. Who's on first? I'm gonna go with the Kostreitzer, number one. I think that the uh the kind of creaminess really, really brought out something very interesting in the beer. I, uh, I enjoyed pretty much everything about it. I think it, it worked really well. Don't really have much else to say. Cost Tries here is number one for me. Number two, I'm going to go with the Brooklyn. I, th- I really did enjoy kind of what Jeff did, the, the big strongness to it, the almost porter-like qualities. I think it really came out well. Uh, and I like that in Oktoberfest. I like a bold, strong Oktoberfest, which is why the Sam Adams to me is number three. I like the big maltiness, you know, the big bam, you're going to be hit with maltiness, also with hops. Uh, so I really did enjoy that about the Sam Adams. Uh, fourth, I'm going to go with the Stouts. Um, I, you know, it was very good, but I just thought the other ones were better. Uh, the stouts didn't. I didn't get as much aroma from it as Jeff was getting, and I think that's you know maybe part of it. And uh, finally, the Erdinger just simply because it really wasn't an Oktoberfest. I mean, it was wheat beer. It just didn't didn't feel right. It was good. It just didn't feel right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Awesome. Awesome. That is so inside. It's not even funny. I know. <laughs> the joke that Jeff and I get, and that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll explain the awesome joke on the post show. There you go.
That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. ridiculously ineloquent right now.